I would like you to turn in God's word to the Psalm 119. And we come to the section that commences verse 97 and runs down to verse 104. I point out for the time being, the verse 98, Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Spiritual understanding is our subject this morning. We've all been struck, I trust, by the reading of the word of Solomon, which you heard this morning from Proverbs chapter 7. He gives a very vivid and a very moving description of the young man who was void of understanding. He had no spiritual comprehension whatsoever. The foolish lad had passed too near to the woman of seduction and the lad ended up at the rendezvous of temptation. No doubt he arrived there through Satan's subtlety as well as his own folly. And the end was swift and awful. He went with her straightway, without a thought, utterly careless, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strikes through his liver, like a bird hasting to the snare. And he knows not that it's his end. And his weakness to Satan and sin and snares and seduction is put down to one thing. He had no understanding. As the Holy Spirit says, a man void of understanding. He might have had money. He might have had knowledge of the world. He might have had a degree. He might have been heading for great success in society. But he had no spiritual understanding. The man in this mem room is not like that. In this paragraph we meet a mature man of God. Who can say, oh how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. Because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. That I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments. For thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every evil way. Now the key word in this 13th section in our English version is the word understanding. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients. And 104, through thy precepts I get understanding. And to which we might add verse 98, through thy commandments thou hast made me wiser than mine enemies. So he's a man of understanding. Now David is such a man of God. And indeed all of the saints ought to be so. The Lord wants his people to have understanding. Remember how the Bible says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding. Understanding especially of the will of God, what the will of God is. God finds very often otherwise in us. And he has to mourn. As he did in Jeremiah. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They have none understanding. They're wise to do evil. But to do good. They have no knowledge. This is God speaking of his people. In a way that that shows his heart is grieved. Now there are three things that I want to draw from this section. First of all, this confession of understanding that David makes. Let's start there in verse 104. He says, I get understanding. That's telling us he's not perfect in it, but he's growing in it. He's progressing in it. I get understanding. I'm getting it more and more. I'm getting it every day. He's progressing Day by day it is enlarging in him. Pressing on. Seeking more. As we all ought to do. We ought to be growing every day. Brethren and sisters. In spiritual understanding. Every Sabbath that we come to God's house. We ought to be able to say. As we leave God's house at the end of the day. I got understanding today. Oh, may the Lord cause us to get understanding. So, so he confesses he's getting understanding. And then look at verses 98 through to 100. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies. I have more understanding than all my teachers. I understand more than the ancients. That's some confession, isn't it? I don't think any of us could make that confession. Notice the progression in the verses. His enemies. He's wiser than his enemies through God's good grace. And they're very subtle. But he's wiser than them. And then his teachers, those who taught him the word, those who instructed him, he says, I'm more understanding now than all my teachers. Imagine that. Not some of them. All of them. All of my teachers, that's some confession. And even the ancients, these are the elders in Israel, these are the grey-headed old men 
who have the experience of a full life. There's nothing gives you more understanding than that. A full life. And looking back at all the mistakes, even all the injuries, I have more understanding than they. Those reverent gentlemen in the land. Now, this may all seem like very extravagant boasting from David's lips. But, congregation, if it's true, it's not necessarily bragging because it's true. It is possible to state truths about oneself without boasting. And David is humble, we are sure, when he makes these claims. But is it true? Is it true for David? Is it true all the time for David? We do recall times when David did not seem to have understanding. We think of that man in Proverbs chapter 7 and and in fact in some respects David was like that, wasn't he? Maybe even worse because he was mature, he was a king. He had understanding and yet he allowed himself to be seduced and seduced himself as well. The truth is that while saints have understanding, it is never perfect. It admits of varying degrees amongst the saints. And it sometimes decays and deteriorates. And it's not always sufficient against Satan's devices and against sin's subtleties. But however, at this point in his life, David is a holy man of God going on well with the Lord. But still, I hear a greater than David here. All of us have to say, including David, who wrote this, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. David here, more importantly, is a type of the ideal man. And that man is Jesus Christ. I hear another accent in this word. An accent that drowns out David's voice. It is the accent of Jesus Christ. Who has all understanding. More than all his enemies. More than all the ancients. More than all his teachers in his youth. That man of I hear him in the psalm. He's in all of these rooms, but he is especially in this room. He refrained his foot from every evil way. He hated every false way. He truly, completely, perpetually, without fail, had perfect spiritual understanding at all times. And it's not boasting when Jesus says it. And so King David's greater son is speaking the words this morning. We're not going to do that this morning, but I suggest when you come into this mem room, you bring the four Gospels with you. And see how Christ fulfills it perfectly. The four Gospels show us the man with the perfect understanding, the Lord Jesus. He's a rock 
of understanding. And of him they said, never man spake like this man. They couldn't answer him a word. They could find no fault in him. And all were struck dumb at his understanding. And Satan and spirits of seductions flew from his presence as they failed to overcome him. There was no weak link in his sinless, sanctified understanding. So I see Christ especially in this in this room. And bless God, while we often fail to have understanding, our blessed Saviour never failed. Never failed. And it's his righteousness that clothes us. But still we must seek that he will impart to us by his grace understanding like himself. And help us to have that wisdom which is from above and which cometh from the Holy Spirit. This bold confession. I have more understanding than the ancients. But then secondly, not only this confession of understanding. David tells us how he attained this spiritual understanding. He's very careful to point out where it comes from. It is not of earthly origin. It's not man-made and it's not obtained at a university on the planet. Spiritual understanding, the kind of understanding that Christians obtain and that David confesses in this psalm is not from within. It is not from us. It is from above. It is from God. And it cometh down from God into the hearts of men. And all that David says in this section teaches us this. That's why we can know he's not boasting. If it was himself that made it, if it was himself that wrought it, he would be boasting. But he he doesn't say, "I, I got this by my wisdom, I got this by my whatever. He says, I got it from God. This understanding. He's giving God the glory. He's not boasting at all. He's speaking of what has been wrought in his heart through the mighty power and grace of God. He's confessing God's grace when he says it. So it's not boasting. And let's be careful when we say people are bragging because they talk about spiritual things. It's not always the case. In verse 104, he says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. I didn't get it from myself. I didn't get it out of my own heart. He says, it's through your precepts I got it. You, Lord, give it to me. I have nothing but what I have received from thee. And then in verse 98, do you see how strongly he puts it? Thou, thou, through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies. Lord, you've done it. So he's not boasting, he's giving God the glory. At the end of verse 102 in this section, what does he say? 
Thou hast taught me. The Lord has been his teacher. So it's a gift from God. You remember how God himself asked Job at the end of that book, that wonderful book, whenever God finally gets his voice in, and he asks Job, Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who hath given understanding to the heart? Rhetorical questions. Of course, it's the Lord that has done it. So seeing then it is obtained as a gift of grace, the only way that we can have it is to ask for it. Is to seek it. Is to pray for it. If any of you lack wisdom or spiritual understanding, let him ask of God. It's God's gift and he must be sought for it. Through prayer and faith, this grace must be obtained as all graces are obtained. In seeking God. In prayer. We have not because we ask not, or we ask for things that are of lesser importance. And so it's a top priority with David to be a man of spiritual understanding. But we've already come across it in this psalm. Verse 34. Give me understanding. And then verse 73. Give me understanding. That I may learn thy commandments. And again in 125. He's not even perfect in understanding in this section. And so in verse 125 later on again. He has to say give me understanding. That I may know thy testimonies. I need more Lord. More understanding. So he's always praying about it. He's always asking. And of course this understanding comes through God's word. He makes that clear as well. In verse 98. Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies. It's through the word. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. How? How is this, David? How are you wiser than your theological lecturers? For thy testimonies are my meditation. And then verse 104. Through thy precepts I get understanding. So he doesn't just pray alone and think he's going to be zapped with this spiritual understanding. No, it comes through the word. He has to use the word. The precepts and the commandments as he turns them over and as he obeys them and walks in paths of obedience, the Lord gives to him more and more understanding. That's the only way. Through the scriptures. You see, David has understanding because he has love to God and to God's word. Did you observe how he started the section? Oh, how love thy thy law. Not just I love thy law, Lord. Oh, how I love it. And you wonder why he got understanding. You wonder why he's a spiritual giant that he is. It's because of this love for the word. This great love for the word. And he has a love for the word because he has a love for the Lord. Both are linked. That's where understanding begins. 
in loving God and his word. And through it I've got understanding. More than the ancients, more than my teachers. Oh, I just love the Bible, David says. I adore it. So that's where this understanding begins, isn't it? You know, some people, they come to the word and they obey the word out of fear. Maybe fear of punishment. Or fear of shame. Or fear of exposure. Fear of what people might think. Maybe people come to church to hear the word because, you see, it's a thing a Christian does, isn't it? You're expected to do it and so you come. You don't want to appear like a heathen, so you give some place to the Bible. These motivations are fine. They're better than none at all. But they're not David's motivations. And they're not the best motivations. The best motivation of all. There's nothing drives a man like love. Oh, how I love thy love. That's the motivation that produces mature Christians. How mature are we this morning? Spiritually speaking. How few have David's motivation? Intense love for the word. Do we love the word? Are we here because we love the word? David does. A man who loves God and his word. Will be thinking about both all the time. What does David say there in verse 97? Oh how I love thy law. It is my meditation. All the day. All the day. Imagine that. Like the blessed man in Psalm 1. Who meditates in the law of the Lord. Night and day. Day and night as he says. We might ask. Why not night as well? Why does he not speak like he speaks in Psalm 1 day and night? But all the day. St. Anathias, he gives us a good answer. He says it's because he is such a holy man of God now that he has no night. He has no day and night. He's just got a day now. His life now is like a whole day. Always in the light. Always in the countenance of God. He has no clouds, no darkness. He has attained unto great holiness. And it's my meditation all the day. All that day of my life. All that day that is left to me. That's what he means. And so St. Athanasius is very wise in his understanding of this. It reminds us of the words of Paul when he said, You are the children of light. You're the children of the day. The day. We're not of the night. We're not of darkness. We're of the day. And that's what David means when he says, All the day. He's of the day. He's always in the Word. The Word is always. Enlightening him. He's no darkness because he's always in the word. He's always wanting to read it. He's always wanting to hear it. This is a path to true spiritual maturity. 
and godly understanding. And you'll notice that God's word is ever with him. What does he say there in verse 98? Through thy commandments thou hast made me wiser than mine enemies for they. And that's not a reference to the enemies. That's a reference to God's commandments. They are ever with me. They're ever with me. I've always got them about. Matthew Henry says a good man wherever he goes carries his Bible along with him. If not in his hands yet in his head and in his heart. They're ever with me. He is understanding because the word is sweet to him. Do you see what he says there in verse 103? How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. This is how he finds the Bible. It's like cake. It's like honey. It's like sweetness. Now we all know how addictive that is. Sweetness. It's attractive. It's drawing. It's what you want. Sweetness draws and addicts us. And the man who finds other things sweeter than the Bible is not going to attain unto high heights of godliness and Christ-likeness. We all have sweet things in our lives. But is the Bible the sweetest? Sweeter than honey. The honey of our hobby. The honey of our pleasures and delights. This is why David finds meditation so easy, you know. Oh, it's hard to meditate. Is it hard to eat cake? Is it hard to sit down and spend time to eat your dinner and all the pleasant tastes that come from your meal? We don't find that hard, do we? And yet how hard we sometimes find the Bible to be. Should not God's word be the sweeter than anything. Sometimes it seems a chore to go to the word. Well David doesn't find it so does he? Oh how I love it. Gives me more understanding. Verse 99. Thy testimonies are my meditation. There it is again. He, he says it again. I meditate all day. Thy testimonies are my meditation. Now, of course we must be taught in and through the word you see then. Now David has his teachers. David uses his teachers. But he came to have more understanding than his teachers, ultimately, because God was his teacher. Thou hast taught me, he says in the section. That's how I really got understanding. Yeah, I had good ministers. I had good preachers that I sat under week by week, David could say. But thou hast taught me. That doesn't mean he bypassed the teachers and become arrogant and you know, self-taught. No, no, he still had his teachers. My teachers. He didn't kick them out. He didn't reject them. He didn't revile them. He used them. But he looked to the great teacher, the Lord. As we all should. Every day, every time you come into this house, you have your teachers. But there's only one who can truly teach you. That's the Lord, ultimately God. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. Verse 102. You see then the path to spiritual understanding. This is how David attained it then. Through God's word and God being his teacher. And then thirdly, David tells us what it means in his life. What is the practical benefit of being a man of spiritual understanding? Well, David tells us 
in this section, it's godly living. That's the benefit of it. It's Christ's likeness. It's overcoming enemies and Satan and all the snares and seductions of the world. Verse 98, through thy commandments thou hast made me wiser than mine enemies. I've overcome them. I've broken down their snares. I've overcome their seductions and their obstacles and their opposition and their temptations through thy commandments. You've made me wiser than they, wiser than the devil, wiser than the fiends of hell. Leads to to overcoming. It leads to departing from sin. Verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. I've kept my back from sin. I've kept my back from the wrong path. Because of the spiritual understanding that you've given me through your word. This is the benefit of it. It keeps your life right. It keeps your life pure. Keeps your feet in the right path. And notice how he says every, not some, some evil way, not this evil way and that evil way, but every, every evil way that would present itself. Lord, I've been able to refrain my feet from that way because of the spiritual understanding from heaven. Doesn't the Bible say refrain thy foot from their path? That's what happened to that man in Proverbs 7. He couldn't do that. Away he went, running to the slaughter. But I've refrained my feet. And it leads not only to keeping from evil, but it leads to not departing from God, being faithful to God. He says in verse 102, I've not departed from thy judgments. I've departed from sin. I've departed from the wicked way. But I haven't departed from you, Lord. Understanding causes one to depart from sin, but not to depart from God. You can't have walk both ways. You depart sin or you depart from God. You refrain from one or the other. You can't have God and sin. And so he's kept the ways of the Lord and not wickedly departed from God. And that's according to the tenor of the covenant that God makes with his people. I will put my fear in their hearts and they won't depart from me. They're not going to perish. They're going to persevere because this covenant ratified with my blood is a covenant that puts my fear into their hearts and they don't depart from me. They're all taught of God. All my children. They all have spiritual understanding to a greater or lesser degree. And this understanding makes him hate sin. And every sin, verse 104, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Did you notice how the the, the section begins and ends? I love. I hate. He enfolds the whole lot with this deep emotion in his heart. Love for God and his word. And a hatred for sin. And all that is contrary to that word. That's what spiritual understanding makes a man. That's what spiritual understanding gives to a man. 
And so he esteems the word above all things to be right. And he hates every false way. You see the sinners they don't abhor evil. But the man of God does. Hate the evil the Bible says. Love the good. It's not wrong to hate. It depends on the object. The man who loves the Bible hates sin. Didn't the Saviour say? Concerning wrong ways and erroneous ways, erroneous paths, he says, Which thing I hate. Did Jesus say I hate? He did. He did. A man of spiritual understanding hates as powerfully and as strongly as he loves. But he loves the right things. And he hates the wrong things. And the more spiritual understanding we have, that becomes even more true. And so do you see why you must have spiritual understanding, brethren and sisters? Why it's so important in your life? Do you see why Paul prayed this a matter of importance when he wrote to the Colossians and he prayed for them? He says, I don't cease to pray for you. And to desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I want you Colossians to be a people of understanding. I pray that for you without ceasing. And so he was a minister who knew what the people needed. And what the people need is not always what they want. But the minister is not to give the people what they want. He is to give them what they need. And there's no greater need than that you might have spiritual understanding. So may the Lord give it to us all for his great name's sake.